What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Keeping Stock Sneaker Podcast, uploaded every Sunday on all of your favorite platforms. I'm your host, Julian Gray. You guys love last week's episode with CEO and co-founder of the Aglet app, Ryan Mullins. So if you haven't listened to it, go check it out, download the Aglet app, join my sneaker crew. But in this week's episode, as much of us still have quite a bit of free time in this staying home and quarantine age, is some sneaker basics. A lot of you I've seen on Twitter and Instagram have been going through this, and that's proper sneaker storage, organization, and safety. In turn, this week's episode is going to be my personal tips on how to properly secure and store your sneakers for a long time preservation. Whether you wear them or you plan on just collecting them or displaying them, these tips are going to be beneficial for your collection, might spark some new ideas or get you to think another way about how you're storing these sneakers. Without further ado, let's hop right into it. Sneaker storage and sneaker safety. The first thing that I see that is overlooked is insuring your sneakers because you're spending $100, $150, $200, $300, $500 on sneakers and you aren't insuring them. You insure your car, you insure your home. So making sure that your sneakers have this protection is very vital. So if you're renting an apartment, make sure that your sneaker value is being factored in to your rental insurance or your home insurance. Because if something does occur to these sneakers, a fire, a flood, natural disaster, theft, sneaker insurance or having insurance over your sneakers can cover this. And I've seen a ton of threads on Reddit about people who didn't properly secure their sneakers and they were damaged and ruined and something that was covered in the rest of their house, but their insurance at the time didn't include that value of their sneaker collection. So whether you have five pairs, 50 pairs, or 100 pairs, sneaker insurance can be valuable for you in the long run. And the way that's going to work is that insurance is going to cover the retail price of your sneakers. So if that Jordan 5 was $200 retail and you bought it for $600, then it's going to cover up to $200. So you're still going to get the retail value back. You may lose out on some of those secondary market purchases, but it's still better than nothing. Then outside of sneaker insurance, a big factor is the location of where you store them. And to some more veteran collectors, this makes sense. But if you're new to the game, This is also helpful because the variables such as heat and temperature, humidity, sun exposure, smell, or trafficked area make a very large difference to the lifespan of your sneakers. So in a perfect environment, you want to find a room that is somewhat consistent in temperature and it's controlled. It's not too hot and it's not too cold. It's in the Goldilocks zone. You're looking around 60 to 68 degrees throughout the year because those fluctuations can cause your midsole and your materials to expand with the heat or contract in the cold. That can cause paint cracking, the sole to crumble, air bubbles to burst, or that glue that's been used to make the shoe can become a little weaker or separate. And so that's why it's important to one, have it in a temperature controlled room. Second, you want to keep it out of sunlight. Direct sun exposure is bad. 
Similar to how you get a sunburn if you're in the sun for too long. Sun can damage your shoes. They can get bleached, they can fade, they can be miscolored simply from sitting in the box. And if you have a Jordan 4 box and your shoe is visible through the little hole in the bottom right, and that's showing on the sneaker, that one spot is going to be miscolored to the rest of your shoe. And the same goes for all variety. If they're just out or one is just seen by the sunlight, that can be miscolored. So making sure you're keeping them in a dark area that isn't in direct sunlight for majority of their time being stored. Then moisture control or humidity, because humidity is going to help speed up the growth of mold, mildew. It's going to create dampness. It can fog your air bubbles. It can cause crumbling to occur in the midsole. So making sure that the, where they're staying is not too humid, it's getting fresh air, it's being circulated, is another beneficial portion of storing your sneakers correctly. And lastly, don't put them in an area that smells. If you're in an apartment and it's above someone else who smokes all the time, you don't want your sneakers to, over time, gain that smell of cigarette smoke or whatever it may be. Same with a high-trafficked area, right? If you have it in an area where a lot of people could be touching your shoes or debris or crumbs can be falling on them or that spill can occur, that's a no bueno. So, perfect world, you have a room that's consistent and climate controlled, out of direct sunlight, humidity has been controlled, no smells, not a lot of traffic to store your sneakers. And if you have the additional income, some people like to utilize storage units. Once you have a large amount of sneakers in your collection or other collectibles, because they're climate controlled, the humidity is controlled, no direct sunlight, they're secure, no one's going to break into that storage unit, and it gives you another added layer of protection. That also rolls into, if you are storing them at home, if you can, elevating your sneaker collection. And by that I mean, not having boxes on that bottom eight to 10 inches of floor. Why? What if a mystery flood happens, a pipe bursts, or if someone simply spills their coffee or their Coke and all that liquid gets absorbed by your sneaker box or falls onto your shoe or into your shoe from those random occurrences. It also helps air circulate through those bottom sneakers. So making sure you can elevate them if possible, is another beneficial way to prolong the life of your sneakers. And then a little factor fiction here, utilizing silica packs. If you aren't familiar with what silica packs are, you find them in jerky packs, right? It helps dries up the moisture. And a lot of people utilize this in their sneaker boxes. So is it good, is it bad? Well, it depends. If you put it in there and leave it in there forever, it's gonna pull all of the moisture out of your shoe and your midsole, and it's going to cause it to crack earlier. The pros are, if you have one in there, it's going to prevent oxidation from happening as quickly. So there is finding that balance if you want to go that route of putting silica packs into your sneaker boxes. However, I recommend if you are going to go that route, I personally don't, is making sure that you're rotating and aerating your shoes. So once a month, once a quarter, at some interval, taking the shoes out of their boxes to get fresh air, maybe to lay a different way 
so that your fibers aren't sitting down and setting. It prevents that glue from cracking, and it can help that midsole. So if you are going to use those silica packs, make sure to aerate and rotate those shoes. If you don't use them, still aerate and rotate your shoes because this is an investment. You spent $200 and you want that to go as long as possible, right? So make sure you're taking care of your sneakers and storing them correctly. The question I've gotten a lot so far is, should I keep the boxes? Should I get rid of the boxes? Should I do containers? And the honest answer, it's up to you. So the nice thing about keeping the original boxes, the pros, you keep that perceived value if you do want to sell them in the original box. It creates a little bit of diversity in color, designs, branding, and it just keeps a shoe overall original, right? However, the downsides are if you sack those too high, the integrity can collapse on your shoe boxes. It can break, it can crumble. That shoe pile can fall over. It's difficult to move after a few times or pull that you know, third pair up from the floor out of a stack of 15 and hope it doesn't fall on you. Then on the other hand, you have no boxes, which minimalizes the amount of space utilized by boxes or containers. However, they're tough to stack. It's likely to get dust or debris on them. If you do want to sell them, you aren't going to get nearly the same value as if you had the box. And it can just turn into a pile where if you haven't cleaned your shoes before storing them, you throw it on top of a shoe, you could stain or mess up a shoe underneath in that pile. And then, of course, there's drop fronts or containers, which in terms of pros, right, very easy to stack and move. Great use of storage. They're clean. Most of them have UV protection from the sun, and it does add a visual element where you can see the heels of the shoes or, you know, stand them up. Even if you have small enough feet, you can fit the original box in there. Best of both worlds, right? The downside is you don't have the original box. That value, if you do want to resell them, could potentially go down. They're expensive. If you look at a common mentioned product, the drop front cases are about $55 to $60 for those boxes from the container store, right? So that's an additional $10 to the shoe you purchased. But in the long run, it could be beneficial. Overall, what do I do? I'm kind of a hybrid. I keep all the unique boxes. So if I have one Jordan 1 box, I don't need 11 others. I'm just going to put those into drop front containers, but keep the one Jordan 1 box for the diversity in the art and the branding, the story behind the box. But the rest, I'm going to put in a drop front. If I do ever think about, hey, I've purchased a very valuable shoe and I don't intend to sell it right now, as I never really intend to sell my sneakers, but if hard times come up and I do need to sell this sneaker, what I'll do is break down the box. These are cardboard boxes. You can easily break them down to reduce the amount of space they take up, store them in a closet or something, and then if you do need to sell them, construct them back up. That's one way to do it. As you can see, there's a ton of other ways of wire racks and shelving and floating displays or single shoes, etc. That's all up to you. Just make sure those first couple of tips you're following where it's not direct sunlight, it's off the floor, temperature controlled room, etc. Another thing I hear often, paper. Do I keep it? Do I leave it? Once again, it's going to be up to you. Some of the papers have salicylic acid in them and various chemicals. 
that can cause oxidation. It can stain the shoe if it's on it too long or add a sparkly texture. And so what you can do is put the shoes in a Ziploc bag. That's another thing I've seen done often is putting them in a Ziploc bag so they're protected from dust and other debris inside the original box. You can vacuum seal it to reduce that oxidation process. Or if you don't want to buy Ziploc bags because that's just more plastic in the environment, what you can do is take one Ziploc bag and fill that with all the paper from the boxes that you've kept. So neatly folding that and putting that into that Ziploc bag. So if you ever do need to utilize that paper, you can take it out and put it back in the box. In addition, what about how the shoes themselves are stored? So the physical shoes, one, make sure you, before you put it away, and you know you're gonna put it away for a long time, to clean them, wipe them off, make sure they're clean. Eliminate the step of when you take them out and like, oh, these are dirty, I have to clean them or wipe them down, I don't wanna wear them. Just clean it right away. Also, if you can, or if you want, invest in shoe trees. It's gonna help prevent the creasing in the toe box in other areas of the shoe. It's gonna give them a better form, a better shape over time. And if you get some of the higher tier ones, it can pull out some of the, the smells and moisture from the sneaker to prolong its life. And overall now, we figured out how you wanna store your sneakers. The next thing is, how are you organizing it? Do you want to organize it by wearability, colorway, brand, model, season, weather, etc.? That's all up to you. So if you have a certain amount of shoes you only wear in rainy weather, you can organize it that way so it's easy to access. If you want to do certain models just to follow 1, 2, 3, 4, you know, LeBron 11, 12, 13, whatever it is, then you can do it that way. You can do it by colorways if you match your outfits with your black and red colorways or blues, yellows, greens, etc. Those are all the things that you can do to personalize to your style and how you're choosing out your sneakers. And then wrapping back to that first tip of sneaker insurance, make sure to inventory your shoes. This is a step that's often overlooked. Next time you organize your sneakers, or if you have only a handful, start now. That way you know what sneakers you have, what their value is when you bought them, their size, the last time you wore them, etc. Any special moments, comments? I mean, that's a cool way to keep your collection and, you know, know where each sneaker's been, so to speak. You can do that in Excel, a notepad, Google Sheets, StockX. You can utilize any of those tools. And the reason why I inventory my shoes is more so to know, hey, I wore this shoe eight months ago or this shoe hasn't been worn yet. Gives me an idea when you're looking at a plethora of shoes, how to choose what you wanna go after. Also helps in that insurance process, so if they do get damaged or stolen, you know what's missing, you know the value. And lastly, my last tip for you on how to store your sneakers, how to keep them safe, how to organize them, wear your shoes. That is gonna be one of the most beneficial things to prolong the life of your sneaker. Because we've all seen the photos of the original 1985 Air Jordan 1 that released to the public. The difference between the people who have worn theirs every now and again versus those who have just stored them, right? Most of the ones that have just been stored have crumbled in the box. But there is a handful of them that have been worn occasionally that are still wearable to an extent. 
And that's because you are breaking in the shoe, making sure the glue is still active, giving them fresh air to prolong the life of the shoe. That's all the tips I have. So you have sneaker insurance, choosing the right location, understanding if it's climate controlled, sun exposure, the humidity of the room, smells, elevating them from the floor, deciding if you want to use silica packs or not, what type of boxes, originals, no boxes, containers like drop fronts, etc. Making sure to rotate and pull out the shoes to give them fresh air and get them out of the box for a day or so at a time. Deciding on what you want to do with the paper. Taking an inventory of the shoes to know what you have and when you wore them last. Cleaning them, maybe utilizing shoe trees, and then organizing to your standards and your accessibility. So I hope you guys found those helpful. Maybe it's going to encourage you to try something over the weekend or over the week while we're all at stay at home in organizing your sneakers. I love to see your guys' collections. Go ahead and share those with me on social media. Twitter's at keeping underscore stock. Instagram at keeping stock. I'm going to be working on it this weekend again. I go through my sneakers probably once a month to reorganize for whatever reason or see if I've forgotten anything and just to have some fun because like I said earlier it's a huge investment especially once you have over 40 shoes you spend a lot of money so take care of them I hope you guys enjoyed this segment so far after the break we're going to hop into some recent sneaker news and upcoming releases yo what's going on at StockX they've really fumbled as of recently they one added a three percent fee to their purchasing process for who knows why, then shortly after, lays off 12% of their staff after raising these fees, and then it comes out that they didn't close down their Michigan facility until a day after it was recommended, or it wasn't recommended, it was a law to close down non-essential business, which at the end of the day, sneakers are a non-essential business. And then it comes out that seven to nine workers had confirmed cases of coronavirus. So I have no clue what's going on over there. It's the tough thing about being the big dog and the first in the market. I mean, StockX by far has the most users, the most inventory turnover, the go-to source for sneaker prices at this point, the ease of access for the buyer and the seller, the user trust. And right now, it's all hanging in limbo. It'll be interesting to see how StockX comes out of this after adding an additional fee and then cutting down 12% of their workers, in turn increasing their backlog of sneakers that they have to authenticate, which is no means an easy job, and then refusing to pay out customers a while due to these delays. It's all a lot of red flags. It'll be very interesting to see how this plays out over the next five to eight months if they can gain back the trust in the sneaker community, because it was already teetering when the giant security breach occurred. And now it's just back in the limelight of not great things. So I'm very curious. I'm going to probably start deep diving this a little more and giving you guys some more information in an upcoming episode. But it is very fascinating to see a potential fall from grace with StockX. Now, upcoming releases for May 3rd through May 9th, so that's May 3rd, Sunday, through May 9th, Saturday. To me, so far, 
May is a pretty slow month for purchases to save up for all those big summer releases or things that have been pushed back. So I'm not expecting a whole lot here. And maybe you guys are looking for one of these releases, but to me, it has been pretty slow and it will continue to be slow throughout the month of May. So on May 7th, Thursday, we'll see the Reebok Question Low Oatmeal. Isn't a bad colorway, a more of a high here. I'm looking forward to the Shop Nice Kick Bubba questions that are coming out soon. Those look fantastic to me. Not 100% sure about, you know, the bucket hat backstory, but I do enjoy the colorway and the presentation and the packaging, so that's something I'll be looking for. But on the 7th, the Reebok Question Low Oatmeal colorway comes out. Then on the 8th, we see the Nike LeBron 17 up-tempo, you know, LeBron 17's cool. A lot of them have gone to deep discount. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is another one that makes it down there. Just because the LeBron 17 has become a model that is so performance heavy, it is slightly difficult to pull off off court in a casual streetwear setting. So we'll see how it does, but that comes out on the 17th. That's the up tempo. It's going to have the red upper with the black lace holders white midsole, the translucent air bubble. We also see the grade school Air Jordan 13 Aurora Greens. Not much to say here. Typical 13, majorly white with the Aurora Green heel area and midsole. We will also see the Adidas Harden step back. Yeah, that's a that's a pass for me. This I don't know, Adidas basketball just has really struggled in creating designs that look good on court and off court and haven't really hit the mark for either with the recent signature models. Then on the 9th, we get the Air Jordan 1 High OG Black and Game Royal. Some people call them the general release fragments. And to me, they're a good looking shoe. I won't be going after them. They did that giant early access release earlier or towards the end of April. And a lot of people had access. So, it, you know, it's a great Jordan 1, especially if you're looking for a blue colorway and you don't have the Royals um, or you really like the fragments. You know, this is a similar intro point. And I think they're going to be pretty available if you do try. So those will be 170 and those come out on May 9th. That's it, guys. That's all I got. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I hope I get to see some of your collections or the spiky to change your storage techniques a little bit more. I'll catch you guys next week. And if you haven't yet, Make sure to download that Aglet app, join my sneaker crew. We'll have a couple competitions, working on some giveaways in there as well. And then I'm working on a giveaway for the podcast. So stay tuned. Make sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite platform, leave a rating, and I'll catch you next week.